Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Hey there, Penn State fans. Bob Flounders, Johnny McGonigal. A lovely Tuesday in Pennsylvania. We are going to react to James Franklin's Tuesday Newser here on the Blue White Breakdown. James was in one of those moods where he didn't uh, give up a lot of uh, details today after Penn State got smoked by Michigan over the weekend in Ann Arbor. But he did answer a question about the quarterback position at Penn State and kind of what he would say to people who are clamoring. Maybe not clamoring, Johnny, but... Kind of want to see the new guy. They want to see the youngster who played Drew, Drew Aller, played the last 11 minutes of the game. A lot of it wasn't really mop up time. And then James said after the game that Sean was actually left the game with an undisclosed injury. But, uh, you know, when you lose by 24, uh, and I, I, don't, I think most Penn State fans, uh, the last 10 quarters of Sean Clifford's time at Penn State have not gone great. I think they are really hoping maybe to see Drew. Uh, quite a bit of Drew against Minnesota during the whiteout Saturday night. But, Johnny, it looks like if Sean Clifford is healthy, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, Bob, credit to uh, Corey Geiger, by the way, of DK uh, Pittsburgh Sports for asking the question on the Zoom during James's uh, Tuesday press conference. I was next in line. I had the same exact question, you know, lined up. Uh, I'm sure that's happened to you in the past. At least they give you a heads up. Hey, you're next. They think on my feet and ask something else. But, yeah, the question was, uh, you know, hey, what do you say to fans and, you know, whoever else who follows the program uh, who think, you know, that Drew Aller should be the guy, that he should be uh, supplanting, uh, you know, Sean Clifford right now as a starting quarterback. And, yeah, I thought James's answer was was pretty interesting. Uh, First of all, he said, you know, that's the wrong message and it's the wrong signal and that. Uh, Sean has earned the right to be on the field and um, that they would love to get Drew uh, some more, some added work. He's already played in five games, Bob. So his, uh, he's not redshirting this year. That the fifth game was against Michigan when he came in uh, in the fourth quarter uh, during, during that time in which uh, Sean Clifford was getting his uh, looked like maybe his shoulder checked out uh, in the medical tent. At least that's what the Fox broadcast uh, insinuated. Uh, James continued, though, and this was the more interesting part of the quote to me, at least. You know, he was talking about in 2016 when Penn State lost to Michigan, then played Minnesota the following week and won and found a rhythm and you know, ended up going on and winning the Big Ten title. Uh, it was a text from Mike Gesicki, 
uh, during Sunday film room that reminded him of that. And, you know, James said, look, there, you know, you do whatever you can possibly to win, you know, the next week. And he said, and I think some of those approaches in regards to playing Aller aren't necessarily about winning this week in terms of that, that mindset of, Hey, like season's over, you know, let's just, uh, let, let's, let's move on. Let's move on from Clifford and you know, we're not making the playoff, whatever. And let's just play Aller just to, you know, basically get into 2023 and 24 and, and look ahead. So I don't know. I don't know what you think about that approach, Bob, but that's kind of how James Franklin laid it out. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know, what Mike, the, the text between Mike and, uh, and James, I mean, he wasn't wrong about, the 2016 season. What I would say though is I think it was, yeah, it was Minnesota and it was a home game and Penn state, Penn state was behind until the very end. I think they needed a field goal to force overtime. And then Saquon Barkley had an incredible, incredible run in overtime uh, to, to win. And I think Minnesota had scored first and then Barkley scored and that ended the game. But I, I'll say a couple of things about that. If they had lost that game to Minnesota, that, that, there was there was some unhappy unhappiness in Beaver Stadium that day until they pulled it out, and you know Trace McSorley was the quarterback of that team. That was his first year um, as starter, um, and he was just getting started. Sean Clifford is not just getting started at Beaver Stadium, right? We this is you know he's been the starter since 2019. This is 2022, um, and and the last ten quarters of this season. Has started to look a little bit like the 2021 season with Sean Clifford uh, down the stretch. Penn State also had Saquon Barkley, Mike Gesicki, and Chris Godwin uh, on that 2016 offense. They needed every bit of all those guys to win that game. Is it a similar situation? I guess maybe you could argue that it is, but I, I could see some differences uh, this time around. I would also say, Johnny... If if Sean Clifford starts off uh, slowly or he makes some mistakes uh, on the whiteout, um, I don't think the fan fan base is is, is going to be very happy, and they're going to let James and they're going to let Sean know it. Yeah, I mean, you look back at the last time Penn State was at Beaver Stadium, uh, there was a smattering of booze. Not not like everyone in the stands by any means, but that Northwestern game, the rainy nasty game that it was. Uh, there were some boos for Sean Clifford because he didn't play well. He was missing wide receivers. And so this is going to be the you know, first time back in front of uh, fans after you know, in Beaver Stadium after a bye week, after a disappointing result at Michigan, assuming Sean Clifford can play. Uh, you know, James Franklin is always going to be coy and uh, secretive about his injury information. And so we'll see if Clifford is able to go. And if he is, uh, you know, look, he's probably going to be the starter. Uh, and look, I, I, I get I get James Franklin's thinking, but I kind of lean with you, Bob, right? This is not a 2016 Trace McSorley situation or anything like that. This is a guy who has had enough time and in James Franklin's eyes has, has earned the opportunity in a lot of fans eyes has, you know, overstayed maybe that, that opportunity or that welcome in, in terms of what he has been able to do and what he hasn't been able to do. And yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of fans that are riled up in a whiteout atmosphere. That a lot of them have been tailgating all day. You know, the the beers will be flowing at Beaver Stadium as well. So look, if, if things don't start off right, uh, yeah, you're 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 gonna you're gonna get quite a reaction uh, from the crowd in Happy Valley. And one thing I will note too, in that 2016 game against Minnesota, it was that you know Saquon touchdown uh, that won it, but it was a fourth down run. Uh, a scramble by Trace McSorley that extended that game and, and really set that whole thing up. 
is, can Sean Clifford do something like that for you? Are you are you that confident that that he is that good of a playmaker? And he showed the 62 yard run at Michigan. That was a nice spark. Uh, but I think they need to get more out of him. They need to get more out of this offense overall. The running game wasn't uh, there against Michigan. The passing game was kind of all over the place. And so they need to tighten things up and they need to win this game because Ohio State is coming in next. Yeah, and John, we we mentioned the fans and we mentioned, hey, a slow start on offense and James will hear about it and, uh, you know, Sean will hear about it. Mike Yurcich is also going to hear about it because, I mean, it, it's, it, it is his offense – um, and he was high when he was hired. James was very emphatic. And guess who's in town? Kirk Chirac is in town, right? The guy that James pulled the he pulled the cord after one season, nine games, the COVID season, where where they didn't even get to coach. The coaches didn't really get to coach on the field until the season started. Basically, he pulled the he pulled the cord on Kirk, who's now back as the Minnesota OC. Um, and so it's Mike Yersis at show. You know when James hired him, he said, "Look." Uh, the, uh, we're bringing this guy in. We want more points. We want more big plays. We want fewer turnovers. Uh, I think the jury is just as much out on Mike Yurs as it is really at this stage on Sean Clifford. And you're right. It's, it, it is a whiteout atmosphere. And if Penn State really struggles or if Penn State loses, it's, it's you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough weekend. I think for Penn State's coaching staff, if they would lose this game, Sean definitely needs to play well. If they lose and he plays well, I think then it's 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 another issue. But Penn State's licking its wounds after getting just physically drubbed by Michigan. And now they're going to face a Minnesota team that, you know, Minnesota's got some issues on offense too. They might not have Tanner Morgan, their six-year quarterback. But one thing I know about Minnesota is they can run the ball. And if they if they could keep the ball for 35 minutes in this game, you know, they, the pressure really could be on Penn State's offense. Yeah, Bob, that's actually what I, I wrote about upcoming. You know, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, just wait uh, for Wednesday morning. It'll come up, but a uh, little plug there. But, yeah, I wrote about Minnesota's running game and kind of what they've been able to do so far this season. Mo Ibrahim, uh, the main tailback, you know, fourth uh, in the country in yards per game. Uh, missed, the, missed the game in there and, and had to deal with an injury, but he's back. Uh, if Tanner Morgan's back, then – you know, that gives you a veteran quarterback who can play off that play action, push the ball downfield in Soraka's offense, and uh, and really you know, stretch Penn State's defense and, and kind of put them in conflict. And I think uh, Minnesota's offensive line is really good. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, the most Minnesota offensive line name of all time, <laughs> of all time Bob, is uh, you know, their starting center. He's a midseason All-American. Uh, he's been incredible this season. Other uh, guards have been great, one of which is a Michigan transfer. Uh, they, they've just been opening up ho- holes for Ibrahim and done a really good job. Now, you have to balance it, too, with what, who Minnesota has faced. Uh, you know, New Mexico State, uh, Colorado, who's really bad. Michigan State isn't good this year. Uh, you know, Western Illinois in the FCS. And so, uh, you know, their, their four and two start, uh, some could say is a little fluky or soft or whatever adjective you want to use there. Uh, so you have to balance that against what they've what they've gone up against. But we saw Michigan, you know, again, their running game go up against, you know, lackluster opponents. And that was the question going into last week's game. It's like, okay, you know, Michigan hasn't faced a defense like Penn State yet. And then we saw what happened. 418 rushing yards, four touchdowns. Jonathan, or excuse me, uh, I almost said Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Donovan Edwards. Uh, I'm thinking about fantasy. I've been making trades all day, Bob. It's uh, midseason in, in fantasy 
I've been dealing, wheeling and dealing, but uh, no, but yeah, Donovan Edwards and Blake Quorum running all over Penn State's defense. They can't allow that to happen again, especially in a whiteout atmosphere. You would hope that uh, maybe they'll be able to galvanize the defense a bit and, and Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs and PJ Mustafer, uh, these guys who felt embarrassed uh, with the performance at the big house will show up and, uh, and correct those wrongs. Yeah. So yeah. So 2016 is kind of a rallying cry. I think this week for James Franklin, you know, they got blown out that year at Michigan and they did get up off the deck to beat Minnesota, this Minnesota, not this Minnesota team, but they beat Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota was leading like the whole game almost. They caught him in overtime and that really, that and the, up, the upset of Ohio State really was a springboard and they got better and better as the year went on. And maybe that, you know, if, if you know, a win, a win against Minnesota and then a competitive effort. Uh, or even an upset of Ohio State. Let's not just say a competitive effort, an upset of Ohio State. And this season's going to look a lot different. But right now, I think the fan base, a lot of people, a lot of national experts have that image of what Michigan did to Penn State. You know, it's hard to get out of your your mind. And, we, you know, we were there. And honestly, I didn't even think the game was that close. It wasn't, it wasn't 41 to 17 close. Penn State got a fluky interception return for a touchdown. And you mentioned Sean Clifford kind of Michigan just, you know, they almost had him in the backfield. And next thing you know, he's running 62 yards to set up a short touchdown run on fourth down. They don't get that, but it wasn't even that close of a game. It was really actually probably even more lopsided. And that's, that's, I don't know, Johnny, I will, I'll tell you what I was surprised about. And maybe I can get your thoughts on this. I thought, Given that Tanner Morgan was questionable for this game and Minnesota, you know, losing to Purdue and, and losing badly at Illinois, I think they had less than 200 yards of offense. I thought Penn State would still be maybe favored by double digits or close to it in this game. They open at five and a half and it immediately goes down to four and a half, which tells you pe- people were betting are betting early in the week on Minnesota. That surprised me, but I just wonder. You know, that line and the fact that it moved in Minnesota's direction tells me that a lot of people, you know, maybe it's not just the Michigan game. It's the second half of the Central Michigan game and what happened against Northwestern. That maybe this is, you know, people are trying to read the tea leaves. Maybe it's not just about what they did against Michigan. It's, It's really been about the last two and a half games. Yeah, and look, this is a Penn State offense that doesn't really have an identity right now. James Franklin was asked about that during his press conference today. And he said, yeah, you, you've seen what we try to do. You know, we try to run the ball and, uh, you know, work play action. And, yeah, the, the running game was good against Auburn. Nick Singleton, Catron Allen, a couple touchdowns each. They didn't really get, they didn't get going at all against Michigan. They really didn't have an opportunity. Both of them combining for 12 carries, 35 yards. Uh, felt like they gave up on the running game a little early. Uh, and, and they haven't really done much in the intermediate to short passing game either. Uh, all that effectively. They haven't gotten the ball to Parker Washington enough. Uh, he still doesn't have a touchdown through six games, which is crazy to me. Uh, Brenton Strange with only one catch at Michigan, only one target. Uh, that's a guy who you know helped you win the Purdue game. That that has you know been such a factor, especially in the red zone, but you know such as a security blanket for Sean Clifford. And he's been barely and you know barely involved the last two games. Uh, I just feel like they need to do more. They need to push the ball down the, f- the field a little bit more. They need to protect better. I think Olu Fashanu has done a re- still has done a really nice job. On the left side, that right tackle spot is, a, is an area of concern uh, continually for this Penn State team. And so you don't really have an identity on offense. And then defensively, you're thinking, OK, the identity is that this secondary is so good and you're able to create you know disruption in the secondary. 
uh, and, you know, pick balls off and bat balls away and all that. Well, when you're just getting bludgeoned by the running game time after time after time after time, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, Penn State had one you know, pass breakup against Michigan, and it was the Chop Robinson you know, tip drill at the line of scrimmage that, that forced the pick six. You know, so when you're getting run all over like that, it, the, the secondary doesn't really do much for you. So you know, if Tanner Morgan, even if he's out, and if Minnesota is still able to run the ball, I mean, it kind of neutralizes Penn State's best weapon, its best strength. And so um, you got to be able to stop the run. you got to be able to do it. And uh, that's going to be, again, on display this week uh, when Mo Ibrahim gets the ball 25, 30 times. Yeah, I mean, it, it was wild. The, the Michigan game, Kalen King didn't even play in the first quarter because, you know, Penn State basically went with two corners, uh, you know, and the rest were either – even if they went to a 5-DB set, the, the fifth defender was a safety. They went with three safeties instead of three. You know, we, we just didn't see a lot of uh, – I mean, they were so focused on the in run support that – I don't think Kalen played until the first series, I think, of the, the second quarter. But Minnesota Minnesota is going to do the same thing. How, how can they not just try and do what Michigan did? And, and Franklin referenced that. He expects that. But, you know, last year, Johnny, um, after Penn State lost their first game to Iowa, I believe they had a bye week. And then Illinois came in. And they were, I think, 24-point underdogs or something, very close to it. And Brett Bielema, who – is is the leader in the clubhouse to be the Big Ten coach of the year. He's got them off to a flying start. They look really good. Big Ten coach of the year. Talk about national coach yeah. of the year. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, they, they were, at some point in the second half, Brett, Brett looked at what they were doing at scrimmage to Penn State's B.J. Mustafer was out. He was, his season was over. They, they would have a quarterback. They would have a running back. Everyone else was either a tight end or an offensive lineman. They just had everyone at scrimmage. Penn State couldn't stop it. They they. I don't even know if they tried to throw the ball more than ten times. I mean, I think I think PJ Fleck and Kirk Shiraka are going to concoct something like that. They have the offensive linemen and the running backs to do that, and Penn State has to be careful that Michigan isn't or, or excuse me, Minnesota isn't able to just try and play keep away with that big running back. They got another runner, Trey Potts, behind him, who's is is you know if if Mo needs a, a blow. Um, He's pretty good, too. He's averaged just about five yards a carry. This is a scary game, I think, uh, for Penn State because is, is there going to be a hangover? They have, they've had issues with that in the past. Ohio State's the next week. So this is not a bad Minnesota team. They're struggling, but, man, if they, if they, can, circle the, if they can circle the wagons and Kirk Shiraka can, can get a little payback for the one-year one coaching job he had at Penn State, boy, it's – it could get really messy, Johnny, and I and I think you're right. I think, I, I I think that I think PJ and Kirk are smart enough to say, look, even if Tanner Morgan plays, he's you know we just haven't really had a lot of success uh, throwing the ball of late since the I guess since the Michigan State game. Why don't we just try and run it? Why don't we don't Why don't we just try and play keep away? And maybe maybe that is the, the strategy that could really give Penn State trouble. It's, it's going to be a put up or shut up kind of situation for Penn State's defense this game and and their front seven uh, specifically. You know, we look back at what this team has done off of you know close losses and and heartbreaking losses in the past, going back to 2017 after the you know, blown fourth quarter lead at Ohio State, they go and lose to Michigan State. You know, 2018 fourth and five against Ohio State. After that, you go and lose to a seven and six Michigan State team. Uh, 2020 as well, you know, you lose to Indiana in the opener and it's snowball. So last year, Iowa, and then the Illinois game, like you mentioned. So 
this has been a theme in the past. So it's a theme that they have to break. And really, against the run, they, they just have to tighten up. I mean, and I think the defense has kind of taken that responsibility on, at least from what we've you – know, we talked to uh, Nick Tarburton uh, this morning on one of the player conference calls, and he was telling us that during Sunday's uh, film review of the Michigan game, the entire defense sat together and watched that film together as opposed to breaking off into individual position rooms. And they saw collectively how many plays they left out on the field and felt responsible for. And so – um, they feel like that they're still built to stop the run, that they're still good enough and they have the talent and they have the size and um, they're going to have to show it. They're going to have to show it. It's not just, you know, it's not just PJ Mustafer, you know, in the middle, he took a lot of the brunt after the game as a, you know, a senior and a captain, you know, you would expect, but this is a, this is a front seven, you know, from starters to backups, to even third stringers that have had to rotate in. Uh, this is a systemic thing and it's on Manny Diaz and this defense to get it fixed. Uh, and so we'll see if they're able to do that, uh, and if they are, and if they're able to get a you know a lead, uh, and then force Minnesota to come out of that. I think that's your that's your path to victory, uh, as it was you know against Michigan. I don't think this this uh, Minnesota running game is as good as Michigan's running game, so you have that going for you at least. And again, you'll have that whiteout crowd at your back, hopefully supporting you, not you know yelling at you and screaming at you and getting mad. Um, so we'll see. I, you know, I, I understand why it's not. Uh, a 10 point spread or anything because Minnesota's good and they and they the thing that they do is what Penn State just struggled with last week. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And here's the other issue that Michigan kind of really exposed. Um, There's no doubting that Penn State's defense is deep and it's athletic, but it's light. In the front set, you look at the front seven, other than P.J. Mustafer, um, Curtis Jacobs is a fantastic talent. He is not a big linebacker. Jonathan Sutherland is a converted safety. Um, He's not a big linebacker. They have some inexperience still in the middle with Elston and Kobe King, you know, James James pretty much made it made it uh, known that he's not happy about the size, maybe, of his defensive line, uh, the Aaron Donald reference. And then he kind of doubled down on it again today when he said, yeah, it's a weapon. Size is a weapon. If, 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 if it's good weight on the players, it is a weapon. And then there's a couple guys I'd like to see a couple pounds heavier, I think more than a couple of pounds. Now, he didn't mention any names, but we can just go through it right now. Hakeem Beeman is not the biggest defensive tackle. Adisa Isaac is not a, a, a really a big defensive end. Chop Robinson is a disruptive player, but he's at about 245, maybe 250 pounds. And they were severely, I think, outmuscled at scrimmage. I think, you know, James referenced it. And this Michigan offensive line, the center's 320. They have a tight end that's like 6'8", 270. You know he's going to be heard from. All those guys are big boys. So the question becomes, how, if you're Manny Diaz, do you counteract 
the running game. And once that gets going, and if they go with extra, if they go with extra offensive linemen and extra tight ends, how are you going to stop that? If, if if Penn State can't get a lead on this bunch, and Michigan's hanging around, you could make us. You could make a case, Johnny, that this offense, this offensive line of Minnesota is, is capable of really wearing on Penn State's defense. You know. When they got the big lead on Auburn, when Auburn turned it over and they started to get separation in the third quarter, Auburn really didn't try and run the ball. Tank Bigsby, Tank Bigsby's a good back. He went off on Saturday against an SEC team that's pretty good. But it was not that kind of game when Penn State played them, and they kind of got away from it. But I don't think Minnesota's going to do that. I think Minnesota's going to say, look, this is what we do best on offense at this point in the season, and we're, we're just going to commit to it. And if Penn State can stop it, good for them. But if they can't, uh, it could. It's going to be a four quarter game. It's one of those. I, I got a question uh, this week in my mailbag, Bob, and it was uh, it was along those lines about the defensive line, about the size, and about you know what they have at their disposal right now. And you know, the question was along the lines of like, "Hey, these guys can't get thirty pounds heavier in a week. Like, what do they do?" It's like, well, you know, you, you try and scheme them up better. You try to you know practice your tackling angles. There's not a whole lot you can do by way of Hakeem Beeman's size right now and Adisa Isaac's size. That's stuff you have to take care of in the offseason. That's something you have to take care of long term on on the recruiting trail is getting bigger guys and and go through it like that and developing guys like that. Because you know, James Franklin was saying after the Michigan game in his postgame press conference about that, saying, hey, we have to you know recruit better and develop better and, and all that. It's a you know if you're a Penn State football fan and you're listening to that and you just lost by 24. I mean, there's so many people that and James knows this. You know, everyone in, the, in Penn State's program, the players, everyone knows this. There's so many people invested in this program who have been fans, whether they went to school at Penn State, you know, they grew up watching Penn State. There's so many people invested in how they do uh, every Saturday, and to hear that from the coach who's been coaching, you know, has been in charge for nine seasons. It's just a tough look because you're saying, hey, we have to do this. We have to do this. We have to do this. Well, you've had to do that for nine years. Like Michigan, like it's the Big Ten we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like this is something that should have been or you know, should have been corrected or should have been well in place by now. And so uh, I understand the fans' frustration over a loss like that. If you go out and you lose to Michigan, you know, you're seven-point underdogs. If you lose by 10 or something and it's close and it's respectable, okay, you, you move on with your Saturday. You move on with your weekend. Uh, you go ahead and watch the Phillies and the Birds on Sunday, or you know the Phillies on you know, Saturday, and then, but it's it, it just not that. And so I, I don't know. I think it's really tough right now um, to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Big picture, uh, when you talk about the Michigans and the Ohio States, you have to focus on Minnesota this week, uh, and you have to beat Minnesota. But I don't know. I just I just thought it was a really rough result and and kind of a rough message uh, after the game. I don't know if you agree. Very rough message. Tough to take. I don't think a lot of fans have handled this well. I mean, I don't blame them. I think, I think they deserve. I think they should be upset to hear that. It's a frank assessment, but uh, you can't walk that back. Once it, once you say that, you can't walk it back. And it, it it is true. But it, you, how did it get to this point? You know, it's you're not in year three of your program. You're you, you know you had you brought your vet, your veteran strength and conditioning coach with you from Vanderbilt. This is Chuck Losey's first year. So, I mean, it, it's, it's really, really hard to take. And I think, Johnny, you know, the, one of the ways you can take some of the pressure off your defense is your offense can score consistently in the 30s. And they can't do that now, right? You know, you look at since, since the all, second half of the Auburn game, they barely got to 30 at home against Central Michigan. They turned the ball over. They scored 17 against Northwestern. 
Uh, they they only scored 10 points on offense against Michigan. You know, one of those touchdowns was a defensive touchdown. So it was, I just think all the way around Saturday was a very tough day to hear that from your head coach in his ninth year after he just essentially got a, you know, an extension for, for the next decade. I just don't know, you know, I can, I can understand why some fans are pretty riled up and I can understand if they start slow on Saturday, I think a lot of people are going to hear about it, but boy, it, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was, it is what it is. I also think James, I don't know about you, but I just think he was pretty upset after the game as well. Cause he didn't have to bring that up the way that he brought it up. You know, Aaron Donald, you know, there's there's only been one in the last hundred years. But, you know, I, th- I just think that it's it, it. Yes, it's true. But after watching the team get hammered, then to have have to hear that it was almost like a double a double shot there. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a very interesting Saturday uh, for Penn State. Um, we'll be up there. 730. It's the whiteout game. And Kirk Chirac is coming back. We don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback, uh, but it, it sure sounds like if Sean is going to be healthy, Johnny, the, I don't think James and Sean Clifford think, or I don't think James and Mike Gerson think it's much of a debate. Um, he's earned the right to play, is what James Franklin said. So we'll see. But I wanted to ask you about your AP ballot. Um, I know that Penn State has dropped dropped from ten to sixteen, um, and <laughs> deservedly so. They probably could have dropped. Even lower, uh, and I don't know that anyone would have a thought with that, but how did you construct your ballot, and where did you have Penn State? Yeah, so I had Penn State at 15, uh, dropping from 10, and like the, the teams ahead of them that had one loss, uh, USC, Wake Forest, Oklahoma State, and Alabama, I just looked at their losses, and I'm like, okay, well, Alabama lost by three you know, um, at Tennessee, and Oklahoma State lost – uh, to TCU in overtime, Wake Forest lost to Clemson in overtime, USC lost by a point uh, at Utah. And so uh, Oregon as well, like they, they got blown out uh, by Georgia, but they've they've since rebounded and avenged that loss. Penn State has an opportunity uh, to do the same. But yeah, at Penn State 15, I felt like that was fine. I, you know, look, it's, it's tough when you have, once it hits a certain point, uh, you know, you can construct the teams how you want to construct them, and you can argue that oh, they should be 16 or 17. But behind them, I had you know Kansas State, Utah, Kentucky, Texas, Mississippi State. I mean, if if, if these games are being played, if they're facing it on a neutral field, they're toss up games. And so, yeah, I had them. At, I had them at 15. I had Tennessee at one, just because I, I was. You know what? It's it's the win of the year. They have four wins over teams that were ranked at the time of playing. The Vols are doing it, and it's been so much fun to watch. You know, at, at the end, uh, after we're done all the interviews and you know wrapping up our stories in the press box uh, at the Big House, a few of us were watching the end of that Tennessee Alabama game. And Hendon Hooker's legit, Bob. So yeah, I, I had Tennessee one, um, uh, excuse me, Georgia two, and then Michigan. I moved up to three because I thought that again, that's the way that they dismantled Penn State was one of the best wins of the season as well. I also uh, want to commend the Tennessee fan base for not getting cheated in their postgame celebration. As, 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 far, as far as celebrations go, I don't know that I've seen many, if any, better than what uh, transpired in downtown Knoxville. Uh, I'm glad. I, I, as far as I know, no one got hurt. But they, the, just to see that crowd uh, on, on the field after the game, it was an amazing sight. And uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, <laughs> the players, I think, were smoking cigars. 
in the locker room after the game. So if anyone's, if anyone, if any one team is is maybe in line for maybe a letdown this week, I mean, if it was Tennessee, I wouldn't be surprised because they put everything in to the game and the post game celebration. But I know that they have beaten a lot of good teams. Good for them. Uh, Penn State, you had at fifteen. They're actually sixteen, uh, and they. They 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 need to answer the bell uh, more so more so than ma- mo- I think maybe any other team in the country because of all the things you just said. It was not just a loss; it was a soul crushing loss that probably could have been and should have been worse. So, um, Sean Clifford, James Franklin, Mike Yersich, the defensive front seven. I mean, it's there's a lot of guys. I think there's a lot of guys in state college that really need to rebound nicely. Uh, we're going to see if they can do it. Is there any other takeaways you had or anything else strike you uh, from James press conference, Johnny? Not really. I, I mean, the one thing was uh, his take about the tunnel at the big house, uh, one tunnel, because we did, we saw some video of, I don't know who James Franklin was yelling at. Perhaps it was Jim Harbaugh, but he was saying, I'll control my guys. You control yours. Uh, yeah, there was some John at halftime. There was some video surfacing on Twitter about that. Uh, apparently I just saw on Twitter, um, I, it was a Michigan reporter who, you know, t- they're talking to players today and apparently a Penn state player threw a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at one of the Michigan players. <laughs> so I don't know. It was ugly on the field. It was ugly in the tunnel apparently. Uh, so we'll, I don't, I, I don't know if Michigan stadium is going to be making any renovations to make sure that they have you know, two smaller tunnels for the, for the teams. It's kind of been that way for a while. Um, but that was, I don't know. I thought that was really the main thing was Aller and Clifford and, you know, we didn't get any clarity on, on Clifford's health, uh, specifically again, as expected, James doesn't talk about injury stuff unless it's season ending. Uh, but if Aller is the guy, you know, his high school coach thinks he's ready, Bob, I, I visited Medina, Ohio on the way let's out. Yeah, Let's tease it up, Johnny. Talk to, talk to the fans, the listeners and the viewers, you, you, uh, on the way out, you stopped at, uh, through our school. So let's just, just give a little tease of what they could expect later in the week on Penn Live. Yeah, I, I spoke to Aller's high school coach, uh, their athletic director, and uh, his top receiver from last year at Medina uh, High School in Ohio. Went to uh, JoJo's Sports Bar down the road uh, for some lunch. They were talking up. They were saying how Aller has to start. Uh, so he, he has the support of everyone in Medina. And, and he went through a similar situation uh, where he you know sat behind an older quarterback uh, for a year really ended up taking over mid season uh, as a sophomore. So I got into that a little bit more specifically with the coach and, and his teammate and, and the uh, administrator there. And so have, we'll have a story coming out later this week on that. So keep an eye on that at penlive.com. Love it. Got to ask, what'd you have? For, what did you have for lunch at Jojo's and how would you, how would you on a scale of one to 10? Um, was it, was it a, was it a cool place to hang? Yeah, so it ended up packing up pretty significantly because everyone was coming in to watch the uh, the Cleveland Guardians uh, game against the Yankees midday, uh, and, and their thing there is uh, they have this this side of, they call them JoJo's and they're basically just massive potato wedges, <laughs> really, good, really good stuff, especially for a guy who was driving you know two and a half hours or whatever the heck it was uh, from Pittsburgh and didn't eat, went and did all the interviews and then was starving afterwards. It was good stuff. All right. So there you got it. Penn state fans straight from Johnny McGonigal. If you're ever in Medina, Ohio or close by and you're hungry, Jojo's is, is not only not a bad option. It might be the option. Am I right, Johnny? 
the option. Good, good people, good grub. All right, we'll look, we'll look forward to that story then later in the week on Drew. Penn State fans are going to get up, hopefully, for uh, the whiteout game. Penn State, Minnesota, 7.30 on ABC. And I think the Penn State offense had better get its act together. Johnny, you and Dustin will be around later in the week to do a podcast. Dave Jones and I will have one uh, some, sometime in the middle of the week. But it is it is the second half of this Penn State season. They're 5-1. and one. And uh, this 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 uh, losing this losing streak probably needs to stop at one, uh, or else it could get a little nasty. I think at Beaver Stadium on late Saturday night. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.